For those of you that don't know me, I'm Paul. I'm uh, one of the pastors here at the church, and I get an opportunity to share with you that something God has put heavily on my hearts. Have you ever, ever felt like you're missing something? Like, you know, you're getting by, all right, but life, your life just seems to lack something, maybe something crucial. Maybe you wish it was just something extraordinary would happen. You know, in the busyness of our lives, our high-tech lives, okay, we've developed the remarkable ability to miss the obvious. We overanalyze the things that don't deserve a second, a second thought, and we blow right past the clear, obvious, important things in life. And when I, when I was thinking through that, it reminded me of a story about the Lone Ranger and his sidekick, Tonto. See, we find them, they're camped out in the desert at night, and they've just pitched their tent in this big open field, and they've gone to bed. So Tonto nudges the Lone Ranger and a couple hours later and says, Kimosabi, look up. Tell me what you see. After a long contemplation, the Lone Ranger finally responds to Tonto. And he goes, well, when I look at those stars, I consider all that God has made. How immense that universe really is and how everything is in pattern and it's in control. And finally, after sharing his thoughts for a while, the Lone Ranger looks over at Tonto and he says, Tonto, what do you see? And Tonto says, Kimo Sabi, you dumb as buffalo. When I look at the stars, I realize that somebody stole our tent. <laughs> Sometimes, friends, we can miss the obvious. You know, and that comes sometimes with our Christian walk. And the power of God and the Holy Spirit in our lives. We assume that we know what the Christian life sometimes ought to look like. But have you ever sat down and considered the way Scripture describes a spirit-filled life? If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to Romans 8. And we're going to look at verse 11 here in just a moment. Because you see, in the Bible, we're told that as Christians, we have an advantage that others in this world don't have. We actually have a power core inside of us, a power core that is far more powerful than a nuclear weapon. At that power core, like the image I get is like Iron Man. You know, you got the Iron Man, he's got his power core that sits right here in the middle of his chest. Romans 8.11 says this, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and in me, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. The same Spirit that raises Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Every one of you here in this room, everyone listening on live stream was a Christian. I want you to imagine this for a second. The amount of energy that it would require to raise somebody from the dead. I think, and I, I look at that, and, you know, I think of the old Frankenstein movies, remember? And all the lightning, and he raises them up, and it's alive! It's alive! But you know, that's what the Spirit does to us, to our spiritual selves. So many times our souls need to be revived, they need to become, it's alive! That energy, that power, I went this morning, God wants to get across, it lives in you. 
This isn't, there isn't a nuclear power plant on this face of this planet that could create as much power that what lives inside of you right this very moment. That's what set Christianity apart from every other belief system. Do you realize that every other belief system in the world, this is what separates us from them. We have a supernatural being that lives inside of us. Right? Isn't that amazing? I mean, you realize you're supernatural beings, right? Right? I mean, do you realize you're going to live forever? Forever. <laughs> okay? You're going to live forever. And God takes up residence inside of us through the Holy Spirit. He looks out our ears. He, he looks out our ears. He looks out our eyes. He hears you. Well, I guess he could do anything. Uh, I know my mother used to look at one ear and look out the other. I don't know. <laughs> That's what she used to say. But if you have your Bibles, turn to John. I'm going to read you something that Jesus shared. It's going to be John chapter 14. And I'm going to begin at verse 12. And this is Jesus, and he's got his disciples around. He goes, this is what he says to them. And he's saying this. If he was standing here today, he would say this to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because does not see him or know him, but you know him, because he abides with you, and he's going to be with you. Powerful. Jesus says, you are going to do greater works than he. When I first heard that, I, I was like, what? Jesus rules people from the dead. Blind see, the lame walk. Right? What are you talking about? I'm going to do far greater things. Listen, friends, what Jesus is talking about, maybe not literally raising a dead person to life, or maybe an actual blind person, not saying that, that he cannot do that through us, but he's talking about those. We get this opportunity for those who are blind to the spiritual realm that's all around them. They're blind because they got blinders on from what the world has fed them. They can't see the real truth. They can't hear it. They're, they're, they're blocked up. They, they don't know what's going on. And actually, they're walking around. They're dead inside. And we get the opportunity to bring life into people who are walking around dead. It's like the movie Sixth Sense. They don't know they're dead. And they're just walking around. What life's all about. I'm going to share something with you, and I call this my don't miss this. So if you're new here, I give a couple of these for the whole message. So if you forget everything else I say, okay, don't miss this, all right? I'm going to give you a couple of those. The purposes of God are based not in our ability, but upon his ability to work through us. Let me say that again. Let that sink in. The purposes of God are not based on our ability. They're not based on what we can do, but they're upon his ability to work through us. Look, at that's what shook the world back in Jesus' day. Okay, the people are walking around talking about it. Look, how did they do that? That's incredible. I can't believe what I just experienced. They let the power of God working through them. Let me give you an example of what I mean. If, if you're still in, uh, flip the book uh, of Acts, uh, go to chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 1. Let me share a story of what I'm talking about. It says Peter and John, they're going up to the temple. It's the ninth hour. 
It's the hour of prayer, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And a man who had been lamed from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. First off, I want you to understand, they, they called the gate Beautiful. Gate Beautiful. And the reason was, is, it was beautiful. It was up like 10 or 12 stairs up. You had to get, climb the stairs to get to it. And it was made out of bronze. And it faced east. So as the sun, can you imagine as the sun rose? How that must have glowed. It must have just been beautiful. And at the bottom of those stairs is a lame man from birth. Because you see, back in that day, you weren't allowed inside because you were considered dirty. You could not ever go up those stairs and into that temple. It must have been something that your family did that you have a sin and you're not allowed to come inside. So here he is. They drop him off. They carry him. They leave him at the steps. And when he saw Peter and John go, starting to go into the temple, he asked for some, some, some alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed their gazes on him. And they said, look at us. Imagine this. Imagine you're the lame, lame guy just thinking, you're just hoping they're going to give you some money. And Peter says, I don't possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles, ankles were strengthened, and with a leap he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple of them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people that saw him walking and praising God, and they were just taking note of him, going, wait a minute, isn't this, isn't this the one that was sitting at Gate Beautiful? Isn't that him? The guy was always begging for alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Can you imagine Jesus coming along? And just They're expecting some money, and oh, no, no, I got something so much better to give you. God works through us by the gift of the Holy Spirit to accomplish the impossible, the remarkable. Maybe you're sitting, well, that sounds really good, Pastor. How do I get that? How do I get this gift? How do I get this power you're talking about to accomplish the impossible, to fortify my life, to strengthen it, to fulfill my true purpose in my life? How do I get this? You find it in Acts 2. If you got your Bibles, turn to Acts 2. We're going to start right verse 38. This is how you get it. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the... Yeah, you'll receive the gift of... Repent. It doesn't mean necessarily to fall down on your knees like this and repent. No, you just turn from your ways. Stop living this way of life. Turn this way. Walk towards me. Walk towards the way that I have for you. Repent from this old life. Turn to the life that I have to offer you. Repent. And if you do that, you're going to receive a gift. See, there's no charge for this. You're going to receive a gift. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. For It's a promise. And it's to you and it's to your children. And it's to your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. And on and on and on. And to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Friends, talk about that. Baptisms are, you know, our baptisms are on August 6th on Monday. If you've never been baptized, you got to stop at the table on the way out there and tell them you need to be baptized. Do you see what Peter said? Repent and let every one of you be baptized. And there's another great word I wanted you to catch in there, that word for the promise. A promise. Look at a promise is only as good as the person that gives it to you. 
Has anybody ever promised you something and not follow through? Anybody here ever promised somebody something and not follow through? Right? Can I tell you, Jesus Christ keeps his promises. It's a promise. Matter of fact, I want to share some promises with you. And if you have a bulletin, you should have got some notes. And in the notes, I'm going to give you some of those promises right now if you're keeping track and writing them down. Acts 1.8. This is, this is one of the promises. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're going to be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and, Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. You're going to get power to help you through your weakness. For we don't even know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself will what? Intercede for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Then, another promise. 1 Corinthians, do you not know that you're the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? Then he's gotten more. 2 Corinthians 3, now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, There is freedom, liberty. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. And then Galatians. What else the gifts you get? You get the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against, against such things there is no law. Friends, the promise is the Holy Spirit. What can he do in our lives? You're going to receive power. Then the Spirit helps you in your weaknesses. The Spirit intercedes for us. He searches our hearts. He goes into the dark places, like having a flashlight in a dark room. Going in your hearts, what's, what's hidden in that back part of your heart that no one else knows? Or you stuffed it so far back in, the hurt was so bad. He goes in and he searches, like a spotlight And finally, because you know what? Anything that comes to light is set free. And he searches for that in each one of us. And then the Spirit of the Lord, then he also brings us freedom that comes with being with Christ. And then he says, and not only that, he ends there, he goes, and then I help to transform you. I transform you from what you used to be to what you are now and what you're growing in to be. Because the Scripture says, he who began the good work in you is going to continue it until the day of Christ Jesus, until we're back and receive our full new bodies. He never stops for us. And then, it's, and, and then he says, and, and besides that, we begin to develop the fruit of the Spirit. We start to get love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And you ready for this? There's even more. I'm, wait, there's more. Let me, share the, let me share an incredible truth with you. I don't know if you ever think about this. Here's the incredible truth. Are you ready? Are you ready? We've been adopted by God. We're part of the family. We've been adopted by them. Whether or not you feel like a child of God, it's a reality. You're one of God's kids. The Apostle Paul told us in Galatians 4, Because you are sons and daughters, God has set forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but you're a son and a daughter. And if a son, then you're also an heir. Through God, that means everything, I mean, God owns everything. Everything is yours. 
Look, and here's the, here's the other thing. God, God wasn't even satisfied with simply adopting us. He wanted to make sure that we felt like his kids. You know, that term Abba was the most enduring way to address a father back in those days. The modern equivalent would be daddy. Because God's daddy. It's incredible enough that we can call Almighty God our father, but then he sends the Holy Spirit into our heart and promises us to cry out to him. Dad, I need you. I need you. Friends, can I tell you that we need the shower of the Holy Spirit in our lives like never before. You know, during a good rain, vegetation is nourished. Animals are nourished. The grass gets greener. The rain refreshes everything. Cleans off my solar panels on the roof of my house. Rain causes things to grow. Rain causes things to be fruitful. We also need to be spiritually nourished and refreshed through the Word of God and through the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? There comes a time in every person's life that we all experience a drought. It could be the drought of health when it seems like there's no end in sight for your physical problem. It could be the drought of finances, when it seems like the bills are coming in faster than the money to pay them. It may be the drought of your occupation, because you've lost the employment of doing what you did for a living. There may be a drought in your marriage. You're staying together not because you love each other. Or maybe you're staying together just for the sake of the kids. But of all the droughts, I think this one here is the worst drought there can be, and it's a spiritual drought. Because I think we've all experienced a spiritual drought at one time or another. This is what I mean by that. You pray, but you feel like your prayers don't leave the room. Like somehow they get stopped at the ceiling and God never hears them. You read your Bible, but it's like it's, it's, like it's written in Greek, you know, or Hebrew. I don't, I don't understand what it's saying. It's doing nothing for me. Or you go to church and you get absolutely nothing out of it. And you just find yourself experiencing this drought. You know, so, so what do you do at those moments? What do you do? How do you work through the dryness and the droughts of life? See, it's during those times, Scripture will tell us over and over, this is the time when you're the most driest, you turn back to Jesus. Hebrews 12 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, look unto him, look unto how great and awesome that he truly is. Psalms 9 says, those who know his name will put their trust in him. Those are the times you got to trust in him more. Daniel told us the people who know their God shall be strong and hold fast to their faith. Because you see, friends, strong faith is not positive thinking about ourselves, but it's powerful thinking about God. Let me say this again. Strong faith is not positive thinking about ourselves. It's like the little, the, the little train, the red train going up the hill. I know I can. I know I can. I know I can. <laughs> No, no, no. It's powerful thinking about God. Don't miss this. You can have the biggest faith with the smallest God and get nothing done. Or you can have the smallest faith with the biggest God and nothing's impossible. There is nothing impossible with our God. Absolutely nothing. There were three farmers who gathered daily in a field. Horrible drought going on. 
The men are down on their knees looking upward and they're praying that the skies will open and pour down the much-needed rain. Unfortunately, the heavens were silent and the farmers became discouraged. So one morning, an uninvited stranger approaches and he asks the men, what are they doing? And, and they responded, we're praying for rain. And the newcomer looks at each of the farmers and he shakes his head. Uh, no, I don't think so. First farmer says, of course we are, we're praying. We're down on our knees, we're pleading for rain. Look around you. Our crops are all dying. We haven't had rain in more than a year. The outsider just continues to nod his head and tells him, you know what, your efforts are worthless. Second farmer jumps in and says, we need rain. We're not asking just for ourselves, but for our families and for our livestock. The man listens, nods, he's still not impressed. He tells him, you're wasting your time. And then finally, the third farmer, he can't take it anymore, and he's angry. Okay, what would you do if you were in our shoes? And the visitor asks, do you really want to know? And the farmer says, yeah, we really want to know. What would you do? And the man says, if I was believing in rain, I would have brought an umbrella. <laughs> Friends, we all need a fresh, reviving rain of the Holy Spirit. R-A-I-N and R-E-I-G-N in our lives. Because when the Holy Spirit rains down on your life, blessings flow. You enjoy the shower of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They fall upon you. The Lord has promised to pour out His Spirit on all people. And I always do this. You know what all means, right? All means all. And that's all that all means. He pours out on all people. We all need the rain of God's provision in our lives. The Lord rained down manna and meat of the people of Israel when they were wandering around in the wilderness, right? Look, at when, when we put the kingdom of God first in our lives and let God be in control of our lives, he has promised to meet all of our needs, every single one of them. Listen, um, if you ha again, turn your Bibles, go to, turn to Matthew 6, verse 25. We're going to listen to Jesus here. Remember the old commercial with E.F. Hutton? When E.F. Hutton speaks, remember the whole room will go quiet? Whenever I see Jesus speak, I go quiet. Let's hear what he has to say. Matthew 6, 25. He goes, look, for this reason I say to you, you and everyone listening, don't be worried about your life as to what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink, nor for your body. As to what you're going to put on, is not life more than food? Isn't the body more than the clothing? You go, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. <laughs> they don't reap. They don't gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. I love this next line. Are you not worth more than they? And who of you, being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothing? 
Observe how the lilies of the field grow, Jesus says. and don't, They don't toil, they don't spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes, look, imagine Jesus, imagine just sitting here talking to you, right? And he goes, if, if God so clothes the grass of the fields, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into a furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. Don't worry. Saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What will we wear? He goes, the, the, the Gentiles, those who don't even know who I am, eagerly uh, seek after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows you need these things. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else falls into place. The Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians 4, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Friends, the workings of the Holy Spirit, they're powerful, and they're wonderful, and they're gentle. You know what? And the Holy Spirit, he never tells us about himself. All he does, he comes to glorify Jesus, helping us to see Jesus more, to understand Jesus better, to respond to Jesus more obediently, and to love Jesus with a deeper commitment. That's what, I mean, that is so good. I'm going to say that again. I should get paid for this. Oh, yeah, I do. Listen. <laughs> Look, the Holy Spirit, he never talks about himself. Why? He's telling us to bring in us the answers. Jesus the Spirit speaking to each and every one of us. He comes to glorify Jesus. He comes to help us to see him, to understand him better. That's why he says you have the Spirit in your life. This all of a sudden makes a whole lot of sense. He reveals new things, new revelations to you, okay? He helps us to obey Jesus more obediently, to love him deeper, and commitment even more. When we talk about the Holy Spirit as rain, I, 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 the purpose isn't just to think, oh, it's rain. Look at you want the Spirit to dump on you. You want like somebody taking a bucket of water and just pouring on me. Jesus, just fall on me. I need you so desperately. You want to get soaked in God's presence. You just want to be soaking with dripping with him on you. Jesus tells us in John 4, everyone who drinks the water, he's talking earthly water, he's talking to the woman at the well, everybody that drinks this water are going to be thirsty again. You know, I've, you know, if I work real hard and get this job and get this out, you know, or if I buy a brand new car, you know, I'll be happy. You know, that thirst will be quenched. Look, I'll never forget this experience. Right? I always wanted a BMW, okay? I can't, I can't afford one now, but there was a time I could. And I'll never forget going to the BMW store right here in uh, Palm Springs. And I get inside that, you know, there's something about German engineering, okay? They're just this. You get in the car and boom, the door closes. Turn that key, you know. The smell. The new car, right? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You like that smell. There's just something about it. Put that car in gear, you know, and German engine, it's like riding on rails. You know? And I was joyful and so happy until the first payment showed up. And I realized I got 60 more of these, okay, before this thing is paid for. So Jesus says, yeah, maybe that quenched your thirst, Paul, for a moment. But that'll never do it, Paul. The things of this world are never going to quench your thirst, ever, ever. He says, whoever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, 
welling up into eternal life. Maybe you're saying, where does this water come from? Where where can I get this shower? The presence of God to follow me, Pastor. How does that even happen? Revelation 22.1 says this. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It's from the throne of our Lord and Savior who sits on the right hand of the Father. Where does the power of the Spirit come from? Where does the flow come from? Where does the wetness and peace come from? It comes from our Father. It comes from God in heaven. God's power and freedom rains down upon us. Isaiah wrote, drip down, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds pour down righteousness. Let the earth open and salvation bear fruit and righteousness spring up within it. Look at Today, I want you to, if you've never asked the Holy Spirit to become active in your life, this is the day to do it. Maybe you need to be refreshed, you know? Maybe you just need to, I need to be ministered to. I need, I need to know you're there. i got to feel you. I need to be full of hope and joy and love. I need you to reign in my life. R-A-I-N and R-E-I-G-N. I need you to reign in my life. I want to show you a video clip here. You all know Gene Kelly. Remember singing in the rain? I'm going to play you this clip, but before it starts, I want you to envision this, okay? He starts out protecting himself from the rain with his umbrella up. And then because of the joy that's in his life, he puts down the umbrella. He doesn't care if he gets soaking wet. As you watch this clip, I want you to envision that whatever you're dealing with right now, whatever situation you're going through, whatever situation you may go through in the future, I want you to know there's that joy. You don't want to stop the Spirit from pouring. You want it just to pour on you. And the more it pours in you, the more joy you get in your life. Let's just watch. Singing in the rain, what a glorious feel, and I'm happy again. I'm laughing at clouds so dark up above, and the sun's in my heart, and I'm ready for love. Let the stormy clouds chase everyone from the place. Come on with the rain, I've a smile on my face. I walk down the lane with a happy refrain, just singing, singing in the rain. Dancing in the rain. I'm happy again. 
singing and dancing in the rain. Christian life. Oh, I guess that's been sitting in the cart along. So much time in the Christian life for doing this to the Holy Spirit, blocking him from coming into our lives. Because you know what? I can handle this on my own. I can make it through the situations. And I struggle. And I weep. And I deal with all the issues because I know I can solve this. I know I can do this on my own. And all that God asks is, says, let my spirit rain upon you. Put your umbrella away. Put your self-righteousness away and rely on me. Let my spirit pour upon you that you can dance in the middle of a tragedy and still have joy in your heart because you know the spirit of God is upon you. As Christians, we should be like Jim Kelly in that movie, dancing all the time in the midst of no matter what comes at us in our life because we really grasp what we got. In the Holy Spirit, what we have in God and because of Jesus Christ, what we have, there's no other reason but to sing and dance in the presence and in the reign of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So put it away. And my hope, you know, as we close this morning out, my hope and my prayer is that the power and the comfort and the presence of the Holy Spirit rain down in all of your lives so that you're dancing over no matter what you're going through right now because you know the more you get into this word, you know that he loves you more than you can possibly imagine. It's incredible what he wants for you. 
You can sing and dance in crisis moments if you allow the Holy Spirit to comfort you and if you let him empower you and if you let him guide you each and every step in this life. So, Father, I close this morning. I want to thank you, Father, for your presence here. Father, I pray that every one of us has received a new revelation of who you are and who we are in you, that we are sons and daughters. We are heirs of yours. There is nothing that this world can throw at us that can take away the joy of what is yet to come in all of our lives. And for anyone who is here today that's never even ever accepted that gift of Jesus Christ in your life, to have that so the reign of the Spirit can be on you, it's as simple as this. Just say, you know, whatever that pastor's talking about. Man, I want that in my life. I need peace. I need joy. I need laughter. I need the patience. I need so much. It's just a simple prayer and say, Father, for as much as I know, I just ask you to come into my life. On faith, help me through this situation. And for the rest of us right now, with eyes closed, we need to be refreshed with the Holy Spirit right now in your mind's eye. Imagine that rain pouring down. I imagine that scene where he's underneath the gutter pouring down over him, soaking him. Just envision yourself, whatever issues you have, whatever issue your family may have or one of your kids, imagine the power of God just pouring over their lives, bringing them joy and peace and comfort. And all of God's people said, God bless you. This ends our morning. Have a great day.